meditation, and this is uh, part two. I'm going to be giving some four major reasons why we engage in meditation tonight. But uh, I have to say a few things. Now, we tried to define meditation last week. Uh, we didn't make us understand that meditation is not the same thing as memorization. How many of you remember that? It's not the same thing as memorization. And then sometimes you may ask the question, but then do we meditate on scriptures? The answer says yes. The difference between memorization and meditation is when you memorize, you're just stuck in those passages in your mind. There's nothing wrong with that because it can pop up sometimes when you make when 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 you need, when you need them. But when you meditate on a particular scripture, understanding comes out of that same scripture, which can expand to other areas of life. Okay. So, and again, um, we have this uh, TM, what we called trans meditation which the eastern cultures practice like those do yoga yogi and uh, esoteric essays and things like hinduism you know they call they call it trans meditation okay now those meditation are completely different from god or what i call biblical meditation is that alright? Now one thing is for those people those is the Eastern block, when they do their meditation they try to empty their mind of everything so that they can have a flow with God in, in, in their own thinking right? So it's like emptying the mind but biblical meditation is not emptying the mind, it's filling the mind with God's thoughts. Are you getting the difference? One is emptying the mind so that they can have a free flow, as, as the case may be. But biblical meditation is filling the mind with God's thoughts. You are not emptying the mind, you are filling the mind. Okay. So, biblically, Biblical meditation and an attempt to empty the mind of wrong things. Let me put it that way now. In order to fill it with what is right and true according to the inspired word of God. And his intentions for us. See the difference. Why they try to empty the mind? They want the mind to be free in that sense. In our own case... We are not trying to empty the mind just like that. We're trying to empty it and fill it with God's thoughts. Okay? Hallelujah. And in the course of you trying to fill your mind with God's thoughts, God's intents for you, His purposes for your life, will now begin to be manifested. Okay? There is a kind of manifestation of God's intents for your life in the course of biblical meditation. Praise the Lord. Now, biblical meditation involves our becoming detached from the controlling and hindering influences of the world around us. Okay? And then getting attached to the living God through Christ. Are you getting that? You are not only being emptied out, you are being filled. And the more meditation you get engaged in, the closer you come to God through Christ. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now, when that begins to happen, we have transformed values through faith. I want you to understand this. Your values in life 
we become transformed through faith as we experience more of the sufficiency of the saving grace of God as compared to the influence of the world around you. That is right. When you get engaged in meditation, feeling now your heart, either by meditating on the promises of God or meditating on the word of God, God's mind is being revealed to you the more. Amen? Now your values about life becomes transformed. I want you to catch that. It's like the scripture that says, be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Your values about life becomes transformed as you get engaged in the meditation, biblical principles. Excuse me. All right. In biblical meditation, for instance, we have major objects in focus. Major object in focus. We begin with the reflective reading and rereading of the word and is followed by the reflection and what has been read. Head or that which is committed to memory or stored within the heart. Now, don't let all of this thing bug you. But what I'm trying to say is the focus of biblical meditation is an object. Okay? It draws you. The object actually is God. It's a form of worship. It draws you closer to God. And this is done as you keep on reading the word and rereading the word, for instance. Is that alright? Okay. Or thinking over a statement or a message over and over and over. And it draws you closer to God. But that I mean when you are thinking like that, you are only reflecting in your mind about a particular subject or the thing you've read or the word of God you've heard. It's a kind of reflection that's taking place in your mind. And that is going on, as that is going on, you are getting closer and closer to God through Christ. That the sufficiency of the saving grace of God will now be made manifest and available to you. In so doing, you build your faith. Are you getting this? You building your faith because more of the mind of God is now being revealed to you, and now you are getting inspired to see deeper, not only into God's word but into His mind, both for you and what He intends. So your faith is rising as you engage in biblical meditation. Things around you drops. Issues around you begins to kind of wane or fade away. Because more of Christ is being revealed. Are you getting this? Okay. In scripture, meditation is associated with an object which is better. I mean, either God, his word, or his works. These are the three major areas. When I talk about the object, what is supposed to be object of meditation? God, His Word, or His works. So, you don't engage in unnecessary meditation or careless meditation because you find that you can be meditating unknown to you by engaging your mind. In thoughts that are not profitable. Do you understand that now? Right. You can get engaged in things that are not profitable. But you find that you are just there brooding over those things. So, I could call that negative reflections. Alright? 
it can build your faith. It can, it can help you in any way. But the object of true biblical meditation in scripture is associated with God, his word, or his words. Everything that goes around God. Praise the Lord. The goal of the Christian meditation is to internalize and personalize the scripture so that its truth and values can affect how we think, our attitude, and how we live even after our attractions. To eternalize and personalize. Now let me explain. When you meditate on a subject, you want that thing to become part of you. And when that thing is personalized, it reflects both in your thinking and even in the things which you say. Your attitude about life is manifested by that which has been personalized. I have one friend in Malaysia. I love his lifestyle. I used to have a friend like that in my early days when I became a Christian. I was an Igbo boy. If you sit with him less than five minutes, he will just chat Holy Ghost. Huh? <laughs> Maybe you're just talking Holy Ghost. Please, I'm coming. He's on his way. He's into something. His mind is always in God. Now, this friend in Malaysia is almost the same thing. We had contact. In fact, he got to know I was coming to Malaysia, so he traveled down to meet with me in my hotel room. And the 30 minutes we spent, I could pick his kind of nature. His thought is always on the Holy Spirit. His mind is always on the Holy Spirit. You can't discuss anything for five minutes and it doesn't bring in the Holy Spirit. And the next thing we say, let's pray. And it's not only praying, it's praying in tongues. I mean, he's just great. Even in the streets. We went to eat in the hotel. As we were eating the food, he was speaking in tongues. I said, but, but hey man, he can't allow. There is nothing that you will be able to distract that man from that focus. For the past one month, he was invited to Pakistan. He keep on sending me reports every day. He just returned back to Malaysia. His mind is taken over by the Holy Spirit. Nothing more. You see? Are you getting what I'm talking about? So, now get what I'm saying. The goal of the Christian meditation is to eternalize and do what? Personalize the scripture so that its truth and values can affect how we think, our attitudes, and how we live, even in our attractions. The things that attract us. What are they? Are they values that we have drawn from the scriptures? Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying here? When something becomes eternalized and personalized, we can easily know. Your state of mind, your frame of thought, we can know by the things you say. The words that come out of your mouth, your attitude in life is a clear indication of what has become eternalized within you, which is now personalized. Hallelujah. So you see, when the scripture talked about the word made flesh and dwelt among us, it is to say, we've come to the place where the word is become personalized through us. Amen? So it's no longer spirit, it's not available. You know, here's the scripture we say, the word which you have seen, which you have handled, which you have taught, even the word of God. Now there is no way you can touch the word, except the word is personalized through a being. Okay. Hallelujah. So what is basically the goal of meditation? What is the objective? What is the goal? I'm going to be looking at four goals this evening, like I said. Then we continue next week. 
Four goals for meditation. Biblical meditation. Four goals. The first one is worship. What's the goal of meditation? Why do we meditate? What's the goal of meditation? Worship. Let's turn to Psalm 27 verse 4. Psalm 27 verse number 4. Praise the Lord. Scripture says, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire where in his temple. Worship. Where a desire captures your attention continually, it becomes reflective of your attitude in life. David's desire was to be in the temple. Worship. Amen? Let's look at Psalm 77 verse number 12. The goal of biblical meditation is worship God. Psalm 77 verse 12. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Now, I want you to see the state and the mind of David. Amen? I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of what? Thy doings. Meditation. So, you find from what David is saying here, it's a place and time of our lives that we come to the place of communing with God. It's a means by which our spiritual life is elevated above the material world and its activities. I will meditate on all thy work and what? And talk of what? Thy doings. So David is here specifically directing us on the things that are supposed to be at the focus of our mind. What is it supposed to be? The works of the Lord. And what? The doings of the Lord. What are the things you really think about all the time? That's a question. What really keeps your attention, what, 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 what keeps you bound all the days of your life, I mean the morning, evening, what do you think about? Have you ever reflected on God's goodness? Have you ever reflected on some of the things that God is doing? Have you ever reflected on that? Praise the Lord. Is there anything that captures your attention, that makes you, that draws you closer to God by the way you think? David said, I would like to be at the temple. I want to think about you. I want to meditate about your works. I want to meditate about your doings. So we should be able to know exactly where our focus should be when it comes to the issue of meditation. Because the more you think about the goodness of God, the more His goodness is revealed to you. You are personalizing all of God's goodness and there is no way you will not flow in God's goodness. Because a thought can overwhelm you and all of your being is taken over by his thoughts and then by his doings. Sometimes when I am in the office and I'm walking down, once I step onto the step there and I see the hall, so many things come to my mind. I find myself someone speaking in tongues, praising God, walking down. I just reflect about God's goodness. I just think about where we were, where we are now. And I just think about what face we are going to be entering next after now. His thoughts about his works and his doings. They keep me going. They keep strengthening me. They keep pushing me forward. Hallelujah. So David said, I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of what thy 
doings. Meditation. You just need to be checking your life. Is there anything you're really thinking about in God? Is there anything you feel God has really done? Is there anything you think He can do? Don't forget. We need to eternalize and personalize the thoughts of God in this sense. Scriptures, His words, His mandates, His intentions. Praise the Lord. Okay. The next thing we need to see as the goal of meditation is instructions. When you meditate, you come into the place of receiving instructions from the Lord. I look at Psalm 49, verse number 3. Psalm 49, verse number 3. Amen. Bible says, My mouth shall speak of wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall be of what? Understanding. Meaning, here, understanding comes from the meditation of David's heart. In meditation, we truly exchange our thoughts for the thoughts of God. Amen? You see, I meditate to get understanding. It's just like, because like we said, meditation is the same thing as communion with God. And so there is no way you want to commune with God and God will not give you understanding over certain situations. While you are too weak to pray, let me put it that way. You can meditate and still commune with God. And understanding can still be coming to you. Amen? Look at what he said. My mouth shall speak of wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall be of what? Understanding. The wisdom, I mean, when the understanding in the heart is built up. Remember the, the book of Psalms says, I mean, Proverbs. Get wisdom. And we told that getting get what? Understanding. Now watch this. Understanding is the application of wisdom to your daily life. So he said, my mouth will speak of wisdom. And the meditation of my heart shall be of what? Understanding. Ability to walk in the wisdom that I have received comes to me by meditation. By implication, if I have committed to heart the word of God, the word of God is wisdom. Like Deuteronomy we say, this is their wisdom. Is that okay? Now how do I apply this wisdom which is the word of God? The application of the word that you have eternalized becomes your word understanding. So you find that if you truly meditate in the way it should be, you are not supposed to walk like men. Your daily life is definitely going to be different. In attitude, in character, in approach to situations, in situations where people are getting mad at, your walk is completely different because you have an understanding. Hallelujah. This comes through what? Meditation. Praise the Lord. Let's turn to Psalm 119, verse 27. Understanding. Which means instructions. The way to live, the way to walk in life comes through meditation. Are we there in Psalm 119, verse 27? The Bible says, Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. So shall I talk of what? The wondrous works. Hallelujah. Make me to understand. How are you going to make me to understand? When I go into meditation, I will get an understanding. And thereafter, I will begin to talk of what? Thy wondrous works. Instructions. 
Make me to understand. Instruct me. The way of their precept, the way of their intentions. So shall I talk of what? Thy wondrous works. The question is, what do we really talk about? What filled our mouths every day? Let's ponder for a while. What do we really talk about? It simply means we've not been able to understand the precepts of the Lord. We don't understand his workings. Honestly, we should talk less. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, Psalm 97. Again, I think, uh, what verse is this? Is it 97 as well? Uh, I can get this right, but that scripture says, uh, if, okay, maybe check, no, no, no. Psalm 119, let's check verse 97. I think it's the same thing. Let me see. Psalm 119, verse 97. Are we there? It starts with ma'am. Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Is it there? Good. It is my meditation all the day. How I love thy law. In other words, how I love your word. The law of the spirit of Christ, which has set me free from the law of sin and death. How I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. What do we meditate on? Don't forget. What you meditate on actually is what you kind of eternalize and then finally do what? You personalize. By implication, what fills you is what you reveal. Amen? What fills your life is what you reveal. So if you are filled with God's word, then you are going to reveal God's word. Amen? Perhaps I need to make you see something about that. As time goes on in one of these messages. You see, Stephen, the Bible says, was full of wisdom and the word of God. And then the Bible says, was full of power. So the channel to power is God's word. Stephen was simply an evangelist. Okay? That was even serving tables, Philips, whatever the case may be. But these men were full of wisdom. The Bible said they were full of wisdom. They were full of faith. They were full of the word. You can't be full of faith without being full of the word. Because faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word. So there is no way you can be full of faith without being full of the word. So if the Bible said it was full of wisdom and faith, meaning it was full of the word. And then it was full of power. So there is no way power flow through you without being full of the word. And here David is saying, I love thy word or thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Hallelujah. Number three, the goal of meditation is motivation and encouragement. Meditation assists our meditation, I mean motivation and encourages us. So motivation and encouragement. You find out in Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 to 8. Motivation and encouragement. Meditation. So Joshua 1 verse 7, the Bible says, Will I be thou strong? And very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not from me to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Now watch that. Prosperity therefore is connected to the word which is the law. Hmm? Alright, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of the mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then 
Thou shalt make thy way prosperous and thou shalt have what? Good success. Make thy way prosperous. The way of life. Now, the way of Joshua was the fact that he was going to be a general that would take the people to Canaan and divide the land for the people. His way is simply his life. It's simply his commission. Is that okay? Hallelujah. So now, you see, if you look at Jeremiah 10, 23, the Bible says, it is not a man to direct his steps. Okay? Which has to do with his ways. Your step is your life. The way you walk in life. The way you are going in life. It's not in you to do that. It must be God to do that. Because if it's not in you, then it's going to be God. How then will God come in? Except you first have to find out through meditation and get an understanding of the way to walk. And here God is saying, hey Joshua, listen to me. Already I've given you a commission. You are going to take over. You are taking over from Moses. You are going to the promised land. Now, your success. Now, again, that defines for what is success. Success is not what you have. Success is fulfilling God's commission in and for your life. Joshua was supposed to be successful. What was the success of Joshua? We are not told he built a house. In that sense. Hallelujah. We are not told he acquired chariots or something. But Joshua's success was that he was going to get the children of Israel to the promised land. Defeat all the enemies that were supposed to hinder the children of Israel from possessing the land that God has promised them. That was his success. His prosperity is tied to his commission. Am I making sense to you? So sometimes the way we define success and prosperity is completely different from biblical success and prosperity. Joshua was going to be successful. Joshua was going to be prosperous only as he takes the people to the promised land and divide the land among the twelve tribes. That was his success. That was his prosperity. Does it make sense? And for you, there is something, there is a mandate upon your life. There is a grace upon your life. Even as, even as Paul would say, I am what I am by the grace of God. There's a grace upon your life. Now, if you understand that grace, the Bible says, as you meditate on his word, you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success in that which God has graced you for. Hallelujah. Are we together? So motivation or meditation motivates and inspires us in the services and encourage us for the work God has called us into to do for him. Is it simple? That's what meditation does. So if I know exactly what God wants me to do, if I want, I know what he wants me to achieve for him, and I'm focused on that, I'm just thinking about it every day, I keep thinking about it. There are ideas that keeps coming as I think about that same thing that will expand the work that I'm doing. Praise the Lord. Number four. Meditation is designed, biblical meditation is designed to change and transform our lives. Biblical meditation is designed to change and transform our lives. Let's look at Psalm 4 verse number 4. Psalm 4 verse number 4 and then Psalm 19 verse 14. Psalm 4 verse 4, the Bible says, Stand in air and see not. Psalm 4 verse 4. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Amen. Commune with God where? In your heart. Upon your bed. And be still. 
when you are still before God, you will hear the still small voice. That's meditation. And it takes you away from sin. It brings a transformed life. What do you think about? What do you meditate about? Hallelujah. Psalm 19 verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in the sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Now, where is where is this meditation of his heart taking place? Where is this word of his to be acceptable in the sight of God taking place? When he meditates in his heart upon his bed. You are alone. At this stage, you are communing with God. Praise the Lord. Bed is a good place to think about good things of God. Inspiration comes to you in times of meditation when you are still upon your bed. Hallelujah. And David said, Cause the words that I'm going to speak after meditation to be acceptable to you. By implication, in the course of my meditation, may true understanding comes to me, so that the words that I will speak, which speaks of wisdom, may be acceptable unto you. Amen? Transformed life. In other words, if you are engaging through biblical meditation, your life will be transformed. Praise the Lord. Psalm 119, let's look at 14, then to 16. I'm talking about transformed life. The number four goal of meditation is that of a transformed life. Psalm 119, verse 14, down to 16. The Bible says, I have rejoiced in the way of their testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in their precepts and have respect unto their ways. I will delight myself in thy status. I will not forget thy word. Hallelujah. I want you to think about the life of David from this scripture and see what was around him. In other words, in the midst of troubles, like Absalom was trying to take over the throne, like Saul was after him, no matter what happened, no matter the situation, I will meditate upon thy word. I will not forget thy word. I won't forget thy word. It's like saying, I will forget your promises, even if things are rough. Amen? No matter how many persons are after me, no matter how many persons want to run me down, I won't forget your word. No matter what people think, no matter what they say, no matter what they feel, no matter even the predictions they have had about my life, I won't forget your word. Hallelujah. You can see the strength of David. How it was possible for him to really conquer and to remain the king that God intended him to be. I won't forget your word. He comes to the place where it was possible for him to kill Saul, but he wouldn't kill Saul. I think it's simply because I won't forget your word. Touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. I won't forget your word. Hallelujah. I remember Paul. Saul, Paul, in one of these he started, he was speaking to one of the kings or something like that and then uh, I remember he used the word and then they slapped him and said, don't you know you're talking to the king or something like that or the priest or whatever and he said, oh I'm sorry, the Bible said that shall not revive the gods, he apologized I won't forget your word, you know the word, if this man is on authority, no matter what happened I won't insult him Are you getting what I'm talking about? 
When you stop the word of God in your mind, you will know how to approach people. That's why I say transformed life. Paul said, no, 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 the scripture says thou shalt not revile the gods. Remember, he was quoting from Exodus. No, sometimes people tell us that we don't have anything to do with the Old Testament. It's not true. The moral laws are still there. Sacrificial laws have been done away with. Amen. Praise the Lord. So he said, verse 16, I will delight myself in that status. I will not forget thy word. I wish somebody can get that at the back of his mind tonight. And if you must come to the place of not forgetting the word of God, it simply means you must continually not just meditate, but read the word. Because it is what you read that finally you're going to meditate upon. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't forget, meditation is like chewing the word over and again and again and again and again and again. Alright? But it becomes eternalized and then become personalized as a transformed life. Okay, let's take the scripture and then we can shut for tonight. Colossians 3. Okay, first of all, look at Romans. Uh, the transformed life is, is still found in Romans. Romans 12 verse number 2. Romans 12 verse number 2 talks about the transformed life when it says be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What renews our mind is what? The word of God. As we meditate. So, if we must overcome the system of the world, the problems of the world, the headaches of the world, we can only overcome that through a transformed mind, which is a transformed life, as we talk, or just talk, meditating on the word of God. Hallelujah. As we stay on with the word of God, transformation takes place within us. There is a renewing of our mind. Praise the Lord. Okay, Colossians, Colossians 3. It's a very simple scripture. Colossians 3. The goal of meditation, like I said, is a transformed life. Amen? Yeah. You must come to a place in your life where people who knows you before, we end up saying, this man is no longer who he used to be. Amen? I mean, and because then it has become personalized. Is that okay? Right. What has been internalized has become personalized. People can see you and say, this man is not who he used to be. It's not your confession. It's your attitude. It's your lifestyle. People can make that confession. You've so changed. Okay. And people are just wondering, how come you changed this much? And you can actually say, because I'm a believer. Praise the Lord. Remember, it was the actions of the people that make them to be called Christians in Antioch. It wasn't because of what they were saying. We have a lot of talks today, but no personalized life from the world. And that is because we won't take time to meditate as it should be. Amen? There is power in meditating on God's word. Because there is transformation that comes from God's word. As it becomes eternalized and personalized. So much transformation. Amen? Colossians 3 verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ seated on the right hand of God. Amen? What, what is he trying to say? Seek those things which are above. First of all, he said, if ye then be risen with Christ, Seek those things which are above, where Christ is and right hand of God. That means there is, there is, there is a state, there is a, there is a dimension of, of life where you can draw your thoughts from. And that is the realm at which Christ is seated. Hallelujah. Amen. It says, set 
your affections are things above. If you have risen with Christ. Okay? Seek those things. Desire those things. Where Christ himself is seated at the right hand of God. Desire those things. Let it be the thing that really captures your attention. Continually. Perpetually. Permanently. The things are the right hand of God. The things of God's power. Things of God's glory. Just like David talking about, hey, I would love to be on your temple all the time. The attitude of worship. Amen? Attitude of worship. Something should be driving you to the worship of God. And if God's thought is really so much in your heart, if, if the place Christ is sitting is so much in your heart, you wouldn't need any man to prompt you to be in service. To worship him. It's because we meditate less of God and his doings. That is why we have lukewarm spirit. Hallelujah. Are we there together? Alright. So, in closing I will say this. I would like us to understand that biblical meditation is not the same thing as positive thinking. That works on your mind in order to be successful. Have you heard about positive thinking before? No, I'm not teaching positive thinking. It's completely different. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? Biblical meditation is not the same thing as positive thinking. You know, people can tell you think positively, just think positively. You know, some of the faith confessions you make, they are equal to positive thinking. All of the people and the heroes of faith, they have something that God kind of speaks to them or that they saw that they were working with. Abraham believed God. Faith. Joseph went to Egypt. He got faith because he saw the stars bowing down. There was something that they walked with. Check through the scriptures. Abraham believed God, not staggering, the Bible says, at faith. Sarah could not count his wood dead because there was a promise. Faith. Every one of those heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 has something that they hang on to. Are you there with me? So it's not a matter of just picking some scriptures and they're running around with them. Maybe because somebody preached it. I could be speaking to you and God can convince you with a word. It becomes yours. So there is what we call the logos of the word. And there is what we call the rhema of the word. The rhema is what is personal to you. The logos is for everybody. Hallelujah. So, this is not positive thinking. To become successful in life. But it's, it's, you know, it's practiced in other religions and societies. Where you are able to control your destiny. People talk about you can control your destiny by positive thinking. Fine. But that is not biblical meditation. Amen? The success of biblical meditation is based on your obedience and godly living. You see what God was speaking to Joshua? Let this book not depart from your mouth. That shall not turn to the left or to the right. What does that mean? Stay in obedience. Hallelujah. And when we stay in obedience, we're going to experience God's provisions and deliverance from the enemies of life. The best place where God defends you is when you stay in obedience. So meditate to be able to stay in obedience. Come to the place where you see precisely what God has in mind for you. Walk in the precept of that which he has in mind for you. Simply walk in obedience. God told Joshua, don't turn to the left, don't turn to the right. Be on course and be focused. Then you are going to make your way prosperous. Obedience. 
Hallelujah. Amen. So, when you stay on call, it's enable you to draw from your course of life because you are focused in your field of calling, walking in world in obedience. I want you to know that word. Don't turn to the right, don't turn to the left. Is that okay? That's the key. Be focused. Stay on course. Stay with what God has called you to do. Stay with the assignment that's given to you. Stay with it. I, I was speaking yesterday with somebody on chat anyway, somebody from Kenyan who took time to drive one and a half hours to go and listen to Maxwell. And uh, she was telling me, say, you know, it's a difficult thing to be a housewife and a pastor at the same time. I said, does your husband have a church? He said, no. I am the one pastor in the church, but my husband is with me. I said, well, that's a good thing to do. But you see, the primary thing is, your primary priority in God's hand is you be a mother of the family. That's a priority for a woman. Now, I'm not saying what you're doing is wrong. That's not what I'm saying. She should get me right. But the fact that you are doing the right thing, that is only the reason why your husband could support you. Because if you were rebellious because of ministry, your husband will back you up. You think what I'm talking about? So you must find your priority in life first. And stay focused. Then God can add other things and encourage you to fulfill that which has called you to do. The world is... Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. By implication, you must find the cause that God has for you. And stay on meditating on those things that God has called you to do and to become. Then you shall find good success and prosperity on the way of life. God bless you.